Hi, everybody. Hey, what do you got? This is like a Saban press conference. I have my water and my uh, okay. and my soda. <laughs> Sorry, Ray. Go ahead. <laughs> no, it's okay. I got my Dr. Pepper sign in the back there, over see? here. See, the problem oh, you is, is that, your jersey in the back too. You got rotating jerseys for these shows. Well, 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 I put Vince up last week. Okay, so I had Derek there week one. Then I figured out. I saw you know, that. I'll put my uh, Texas uh, thing up here for this one. I've got nice. a couple of Rickies over here and another events. Uh, nice over there. Respect. But, uh, yeah. Hey, the difference is, is that Nick Saban's getting paid a pretty penny for that Coke bottle on his desk. Right? <laughs> $19 million dollar house on Jupiter Island, you know. There you go. <laughs> hey, everybody. My name's Ray Peters. I'm an old sportscaster, and I've been uh, helping out here the last few weeks, and I, I like it. And Jerry says I can keep coming back, and so does Bobby, and so I'm, I'm going to keep coming back as long as they'll let me. So this is the Longhorn live stream on Wednesday nights, and I'm the host of that one. Maybe we'll add a few more on there. Who knows? If uh, Rod puts in a good word for me, then maybe I'll uh, expand my role here. What do you think? Got it, baby? Hey, thank you. Fun. I appreciate the endorsement. Hey, 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 Ray, the key. Hey, you know what the key is, Ray? Texas keeps winning. <laughs> oh, I thought it was uh, don't pay me anything. And if I don't complain, then I keep coming back. That, <laughs> that also helps. That's there you go. For a while. There you go. I'm playing with you. I'm having fun here. You know what? We want you guys sending in your super chats because that way you get your name associated with the question. We'll always pick out those super chats and we'll we'll ask the question. They might be a little bit silly on occasion, but that's okay. You're part of the family. We love you here on the Longhorn live stream on, Amen, on Texas football, associated with Inside Texas. I'm not so sure Mr. Nileen is going to want to be associated with us too much longer if we keep <laughs> jibber-jabbering like this, huh? But we hey, we're, hey, we're, let, we're letting people load their questions. We're going to take a lot that's of right. Tonight, mm -hmm. Rod's got all the answers. He's got uh, every answer. I'll throw in well, a little bit of recruiting stuff. <laughs> I've, I've zigzagged across Florida in the rain today, so we're yeah, ready. You to have. Go. Speaking of recruiting, so let me introduce properly Rod Babers, of course, uh, lifetime Longhorn, played DB for uh, Texas, a uh, pretty quick kid out of Mirabeau B. Lamar High School out of Houston area. Is that right? Amen, brother. Yeah, DB there High, baby. Go. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. In, in the league with the Lions, and who else did you play for? Oh man, too many teams. That's how you know too I wasn't that good. List. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, the uh, drafted by the Giants, Detroit Lions, Chicago Bears, Tampa Bay Bucks thrown in there too. Yeah, Denver Broncos. I, I bounced around in those five go. plus years in the league, man. Bounced around that just means you people you had a good reputation, people wanted you to join their franchise and learn from you. <laughs> I like that spin, that's good spin, right? Bro. I gotta hire I'm you, always man. looking at positives. Ray, it also means that stopwatch was always on 4-4 every time they looked There out. you go. <laughs> that's, that's why I kept getting the shot, Jerry. That's why I kept getting the shot. This guy's fast. There you <laughs> go. All right. Hey, Jerry Hamilton, nobody knows recruiting better than this guy. So uh, there's actually some recruiting news today. You've been out on the road. You've been compiling your own news. Then there's some other news going on as well all over the country. Recruits from all over the country that will – likely visit Austin in a couple of weeks for the Kansas game. Fill us in on what's going on in recruiting. Yeah, it's uh, September 30th. The Kansas game has been the one the Texas staff has had uh, circled for a while. Um, you know, and then after the win against Bama, that uh, the Wyoming game heated up a little bit. But originally had it in this season, it was that September 30th Kansas game. Um, and, and, you know, reported today at Weston Davis, the offensive tackle for Beaumont United, he's scheduled to be in Austin for an official visit that weekend. He's committed to Texas A&M, of course, and – so we'll see how A&M has 10 days to fight that one, right, before he shows up nine days 
to fight that one before Weston Davis shows up in Austin. He he visited in June. He made four official visits. It was uh, A&M, Oklahoma, Alabama, LSU, and he picked A&M over LSU at the time out of the Golden Triangle. Texas went by and looked at him in the spring. They've been evaluating him, really liked him in the spring, uh, been in communication with him ever since, and he's scheduled to come in uh, on that 30th, as well as DeAndre Carter, the uh, four-star guard out of modern day there in Santa Ana near Newport Beach. He's an Auburn commitment. Uh, Texas has never backed off of him since he committed to Auburn. He's also uh, scheduled to be in. And then I was at Tampa uh, Carrollwood Day School today to see Solomon Williams, uh, four-star defensive end, edge prospect, linebacker, uh, about 6'2", 250, and uh, all jacked up and quick and athletic and physical. Uh, he had to cancel his official visit last weekend to Texas because his grandmother was put in the hospital. So that kind of knocked out his plans. He's not going to Oregon this weekend either. He doesn't want – him and his mom don't want to be traveling – uh, while his grandmother, her mom, is is not is feeling ill. Um, so they're not going to make that trip to Oregon this weekend either. It's look, Texas is trying to get him in uh, September 30th for the Kansas game. If not, he may show up in Dallas. He, he may show up in Dallas for Texas OU. Um, it's going to depend on his grandmother's health uh, because this is a trip that, you know, he visited Texas in late July with his head coach, Marshall McDuffie, at Carrollwood Day, but his mom did not make the trip. This is a trip he wants her to go on. Uh, I think Texas is in a pretty decent spot with him. Alabama, Oregon, AM. Uh, A&M's trying to get him on campus for the Bama game for an official visit. And then uh, Clemson's still kind of hanging around, but he won't go to Clemson. Um, but I really think uh, Texas, Alabama, Oregon's probably the top three, and Texas A&M's uh, in the mix somewhere. Um, but So we'll see when he makes it back to Austin. I think it'll be a huge visit, though. I think he really liked his time in Austin. I think he's really connected with Baron Sorrell. I'll have more on Inside Texas in the morning on that, but – uh, some good stuff from Solomon today. Sure. It, you've mentioned him a few times before. So he's a kid with his upside is just through the roof, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's a natural. Rod and I talked about him on Talking Ball a couple weeks ago and went through edges. He's a natural bendy edge rush guy. Just has a feel for rushing the passer. He's pretty raw as a prospect. Um, this year, they're actually letting him drop in coverage a little bit to show more of his skill set. But make no mistake, he's best playing downhill rushing the quarterback. He's got really strong hands, got a natural playing strength about him. Uh, Rod, watched that tape. Rod may have a comment if you're uh, on on Solomon Williams as well, what kind of makes him a talented guy that was – he's been under-recruited for a while, then he had 15 and a half sacks as a junior, and he really popped on the radar for people. Yeah, it reminds me of that uh, Will Muschamp quote. He was like – he always said, hey, man, thoroughbreds don't go backwards. <laughs> That's right. That's a great call, Rod. Like, that's what called Anthony Hill, right? Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, you want him going. You want him a full head of steam getting after somebody, and uh, he's one of them type of guys, no doubt. I also wanted to mention we just got word uh, before we went on the live stream that uh, Danny Okoye, no surprise, committed with uh, Oklahoma. Uh, once we, we, we never got the mom on campus here, so that was pretty much a, a tell, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's the only visit she went on which I think she kind of flexed her your staying home muscles in a weird way if he wasn't going to Oklahoma State where she went to school. Um, that I, I think that was pretty evident when he made official visits in June. He went to Texas. He went to uh, Tennessee. He went to LSU. He went to Alabama. She didn't make any of those trips. But then she was at the OU trip the first weekend in September. So, again, she flexed her mom muscles, and uh, he was going to stay close to home. 
But, but I'll, say this, I'll say this, Texas loves Solomon Williams now. Yeah, I, I remember kind of watching his tape when I heard about him in the spring. And at the time, I Texas given a soft offer, but they hadn't been by the school. And I was talking to Keith Niebuhr, a colleague who covers Florida, and we we're talking about guys in Tampa because I'd just been down to IMG. And I was like, this Solomon Williams kid's kind of interesting. And, and I turned on the tape, and I actually made a post on Inside Texas. People can go way back and find it from the spring. I was like, I, this guy's very underrated. I don't really know a lot about him, but wow, his film popped. And then about three weeks later, Bo Davis, I guess PK, Tashard Choice went by the school during the valuation period. And then, okay, they're trying to get him on campus. So it's kind of gone from there, but they really like Solomon Williams. They feel like he's a really good fit as well. I love that you still, Jerry. A lot of who still bring up mom, the mama like oh, yeah. factor, the mom factor, man, how big it is. It, it was big in my recruitment too. Mac Brown sat on my, my mama's couch, drank her sweet tea. And mama told me before I was going to Texas that she was like, yeah, you're going to Texas. I was like, mom, I'm not done make, making up my mind yet. I'm still taking business. She's like, no, you're going to Texas. So mom, the mom factor, man, it's huge. You can't, you can't quantify it. No, the, if we, we got to get TJ Ford on here at some point and get him to tell the story because his mom, TJ's story is so funny. TJ was going to Texas and TJ didn't even know it. His mom was sitting there for feeding Rob Lanier everything, everywhere to be, the time to be there, the question to ask. This is what he's probably going to say is the answer. This is what you need to come back with to follow that up with. I mean, dude, I've always said in this business, quarterback dads, Position players, mom, other than quarterbacks, for the most that's part. That's good. I and like that. That's that. Like, it's not a hundred percent right because some families are different, but for the most part, in my experience, quarterback dads, everybody else's mom, for the most part. It's good stuff. Thank you, Mrs. Ford. Hey, third rows <laughs> don't go backwards, but Ray does. So let's look back at Wyoming <laughs> for, for just a touch. Uh, first, I'm let's stick with recruiting for just a second, Rod. I appreciate your patience there. But no, go ahead, but uh, I'm, I'm, any I'm learning. Feedback, any significant feedback, Jerry, from last week's big uh, recruiting weekend with the Wyoming game? Yeah, you know, I think it was uh, they had all the receivers you could want on campus. I'll say that Ryan Wingo in 24 was there with about six, seven family members, including his brother Ronnie Wingo, who was obviously a really good running back at, at, at Arkansas under Bobby Petrino, his father. Um, a number of uh, number of people close to uh, Ryan and that family were there. Then you had the 25s. I mean, DeCorian Moore, the uh, uh, the I would say soft verbal to LSU uh, from Duncanville. He was there with his teammate Colin Simmons. But Marcus Harris out of Modern Day. Again, Texas is doing really well in Modern Day. Um, we'll probably have some Brandon Baker uh, questions from that. He's announcing on on Sunday. Um, but Marcus Harris, one of the top junior receivers in the country, was there. Andrew Marsh, one of the top junior receivers from Katy, Jordan, which is actually out in Fulcher, the new school out in, school out in Katy. Uh, he was on hand. Uh, some really talented offensive linemen. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start throwing this name out there for people now. 25 off, 2025 offensive lineman, kid named John Mills out of the San Francisco area. He came in and had a really good camp in June. He was back on campus unofficially this weekend. Um, that's a guy to keep an eye on. Uh, I think I think he likes Texas, and I think Texas likes him as an interior prospect in 25. So John Mills out of San Francisco area, get familiar with that name, along with Jackson Christian out of Port Natchez as some guards. But the top tackle on the board in 25, Michael Fasusi was there out of Louisville. Great 
every all the kids, you know, I think the Texas fans, when you watch the game, they freak out about the game. Uh, not freak out, shoot fingernails. I think everybody was for a while there. <laughs> the recruits see it different. They see Texas beat Bama. This is an amazing environment, great atmosphere. We're having a blast. This was fun to be at. Oh, and you know what? That wide receiver drop right there, I'd have caught it and scored. Oh, you know what? If I'm calling Simmons, I'm going to chase down that play from the backside, and I'm going to tackle that guy for a three-yard loss. These guys look at this a little different than Texas wow. fans do when it's 10-7 or 10-10. Opportunity. Yes, opportunity. Interesting. And the other thing is, you got to remember, you know what recruits like? Elvin Banks started as a true freshman. Cedric Baxter was starting as a true freshman until he got hurt. Uh, you're seeing – Nine true freshmen were on that field Saturday night. Those kids notice that. Right. They notice true freshmen on the field, playing on special teams, playing at linebacker, Anthony Hill, playing safety. Jontae Cook uh, got a target in that game, I believe. Um, you know, Cedric Baxter was starting until injury. There's a lot of freshmen that are seeing the field, and kids like that. They gravitate towards that good team, highly ranked team playing freshmen. That's a big check mark in recruiting. Agreed. Right. Hey, uh, Tim Anciso is a smart guy. He did a super chat, and we mentioned how they jumped to the front of the line. So there you go, Tim. Thank you very much for the, the 10 bucks. Uh, that'll buy uh, two pieces of uh, Jerry's favorite jerky. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're getting into some rod territory, and Jerry, you're always free to weigh in as well. Uh, we hear a lot about uh, Mr. Ewer's mechanics. Uh, can you read coverages? And he, this uh, young man, Tim, believes that uh, uh, Quinn's processing uh, may not be optimal at times, calls it a struggle. Uh, also could affect the way Coach Sarkeesian calls the game, may uh, cause problems when something pops up unexpected that the defensive coordinator is doing. Rod, what's your take on this? Uh, I mean, that's a, that's a valid point. I think, I think it is fair that when Quinn has to process – Right. Uh, and that's really throwing complicated zone coverages at them. Um, and that's why the three high always kind of works really well. Not that, you know, they're playing any different coverages out of three high. It's just a presentation uh, will force him to have to process more. And that really does when he's when he's focused on processing whatever the defense is throwing at him. Yeah. Then it seems like the mechanics and the footwork also suffer when he's getting the ball out quick which we saw in that Bama game, ball's coming out. I believe it was 2.11 seconds was his average time to throw in that Alabama game. Ball was coming out. It was on time and on schedule. That's the best that Quinn Ewers, in my opinion, that's his, the best version of Quinn Ewers, in my opinion. Uh, and, and right now, I just don't think he's far enough along in his development. Jerry brings up the point all the time, and I don't think people appreciate that. It. That was his, what, what was what number? Was that his 13th? Start. 13, uh, 13, yeah, that was his 13th start. 13th start. His college career. Yeah, so I, I don't think we, you know, there's still a lot of growing for him to do. I think he's still, you know, learning his craft and I still cultivating his craft as a quarterback. And he's not, you know, a, a polished product by any means. Uh, I think there is a, a chance that Sark understands that, hey, when he has to go through multiple progressions, then he is going to essentially kind of regress. All right, uh, his skill set regresses. You want to get that ball, and in Sark's offense is, is is it is constructed to operate to go to the first read, like it is. Even when Mac Jones was at Alabama, uh, the studies coming out on his uh, draft tape coming out uh, into the draft were that he went to his second read less than ten percent of the time. Like it was, 
on schedule, never had to operate off script or second reaction plays. That's not always the case here. That's what Quinn is meant to do. And I think that's what Sark's got to get back to at times. And there, I would say in this game versus Wyoming, that was part of the script. The ball was coming out. It just wasn't accurate. <laughs> now, that's a different concern. I think that's Sark, or not Sark, that's Quinn seeing different things in the coverages. And that's what Sark said, right? He said, they presented us with looks that we did not anticipate. So you did, Which means I didn't get Quinn ready for them looks. Mm-hmm. That's, to me, that's how I interpret it. We said, they gave us looks that we really didn't see on film. To me, that meant... Oh, we didn't get Quinn ready for them looks. That meant Quinn had to operate off, you know, athletic instincts in that moment and his training in that moment to uh, figure out and diagnose, decipher what was going on. And I don't, I don't think he did it well. I mean, that's that's pretty obvious. He didn't do it well when he's prepared, like he is versus Bama. Why did he look so good versus Bama? Because Sark knows Bama. He knows the coverages. Sark had him well prepared. Ball's coming out. Looks good. When they don't really know, and Sark, what did Sark said? Two times out of three games this year, the opponent has thrown tactics, strategy, game plan at us that we did not expect. They did not see on film. All right. Now, what that means, like I said, once I'm interpreting, that means, well, against Bama, it looks like you knew what was coming and you were able to diagnose it really well. And against Rice and against Wyoming, it took Texas a quarter or two to figure things out, and then they were able to overwhelm their opponent. Hey, somebody somebody asked in the uh, comments where Rod's jersey is. I want to take a stab at this. It's at the co-op getting an SEC uh, emblem put on it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Okay, so full disclosure, there's a lot of work being – I got a I got a baby on the way. Baby's coming in like, I don't know, less than – Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. So we don't know when the baby's coming, but it's coming. All right, she yeah. coming. Right? <laughs> and so and she's we've already built- taking your spot? Yes. Oh, baby's already taken up room. Nursery's built in. We got a nursery done and we just built like an office in the backyard. The jersey is out there and we're going to get all that mounted. And then mama wants me out there instead of screaming in the house doing these shows. Oh, man. She is yeah. using this time to get you out of the house. That's smart. Lady. Pretty much. Yeah. 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 She doesn't need two screaming. You're babies. moving farther away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I think this is what marriage is all about. So that's full disclosure. That's why we took the stuff down in here and we're moving that out there. So in a couple of, I don't know, maybe like a week, we'll see the new setup. We're getting all that set up. So that's. The other way she moves you, the more Amazon she orders without you knowing. Very smart lady. Oh, I know. And she always saves me so much money. Uh, by spending so much money, it's a weird thing. She she loves to do that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, let's talk to, about this uh, South End Zone Queen uh, comment here. This is for Jerry. This is another super chat. We appreciate that. Again, you see how this can uh, bump you to the front there. So we really appreciate this. Now, Jerry's. I don't know if he's going to reveal this. You, you you can't. But I don't know what. How can you massage the message here, Mr. Hamilton? And yeah, yeah, yeah. know what you're talking. About. So let's explain what a high is, because not everybody's an inside Texas reader, but they should be. They Rod, should are be. you confused about the? I want to know what. Yeah, I don't know the lingo. I'm an inside Texas guy all the yeah. time. That's part of my prep. Yeah. I don't know the lingo here. Yeah. Yeah, I'll drop a high on the board when uh, there's a silent commitment or uh, when somebody's about to go public with a commitment, just depending on if I have to hold that. Or if I if if me like if a kid's about to announce something and and I threw out a high, it might give away who it is. But um, so sometimes there's a time if if somebody gives a silent, I'll I, I'll throw it out there. Now, when are these going to drop? 
I can't control that. Here's the thing with recruiting now is um, the kids want to have they're in their own lanes with their announcements, right? Maybe maybe they want to set something up on on YouTube or TV or they got a lot of pressure nowadays in the ways they announce. But um, um, I, I don't drop that without that being a uh, uh, Texas staff got good news. Mm. And we have great relationships in the business and we don't like to do anything that will upset the folks who we have great relationships with. There so you go. You understand there are things that we cannot reveal. And there's every, I can't reveal anything because I don't know anything, but Jerry knows everything. So I'm just nah, Ray, don't let Ray tell you that Ray got lots of connections, man. Come I'm on. Sneak, I'm sneaky. I'm sneaky. <laughs> Ray to drop a high on inside Texas. One there day. you go. I know oh, some that stuff. would be awesome. <laughs> I know some stuff. I know, I know broadcasting stuff. I'll put it that way. There you go. Uh, hey, if Ray ever drops a high, everybody's going to think they're getting fired. Hi <laughs> 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 or bye. He drops a bye. <laughs> hey, this one's for Rod from Shy Frazier. Shy, thank you so much for the uh, super thank chat you, here. Thank and you. Uh, you know what? As I already read to the end of the sentence there, Rod, and uh, Shy says, um, great show all together, guys. So I'm taking a little bit of that compliment from you me should. too. It's teamwork, right? baby. Teamwork. So we love your football intelligence. Great show all together, guys. Hook them. Congrats on the baby, by the way. And thank you for that. We're uh, thank you for that. Very kind. Thank you, Shy. Really appreciate that. It means a lot. Hey, we got a uh, Brandon Huey. Hey, and this brings me to a subject. And I'll let both of you guys talk because we got a DB in the Ooh, room. Let's do this. Yeah. Probably knew uh, this kid was oh. from what Pflugerville Connolly. You got uh, it. I'm Good in the job. stadium Saturday night, Ooh. and uh, Jade Baron. Hey, I think he's the best player on the team. And I don't think I'm speaking out of turn right now. I don't I like know. It. What do you think? Am I am I uh is that hyperbole? Hey, you know what? He played like it versus Wyoming. Right. And it, you know what, Brandon? I will say this because Brandon, I, I love that and thank you for that. And this is Ray why you're not all I I said last year he was my favorite player on defense. Jalen, him and Jalen Ford are the best football investigators. I call them football investigators. I was one too. They're better than me. So I'm not comparing myself to them. But they 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 look at all the little clues pre-snap and post-snap. The way the reason that Jade Barron plays so fast is because he watches a ton of film. He even admitted that, right? He wants to be a coach, wants to be a defensive coordinator. Uh, he presents Terry Joseph and Blake Gideon with his own, you know, preparation for the games. Like, hey, this is what I'm seeing on my film prep, coach. I don't know if y'all see the same thing. Like, he's that bullish all right, on his football intelligence. By the way, he should be because he is. His football IQ is through the roof. And you can tell that he watches a lot of film when he sees the clues or the keys that confirm his film study. There's no hesitation. There's no fear. There's no doubt. I played the game with a healthy amount of fear thinking, hey, I, I, I recognize that formation. I think they are probably going to run this concept. But I was always like, well, what if they don't? And it's always like a 15% chance. What if they don't? He does not have that, that, that type of fear. He doesn't play with that. And that makes him an, an elite defender. And I said he should have been first team all Big 12 last season. I think sure. he will be first team all Big 12 this season. His draft stock is rising. I think people had him graded probably a fourth round pick somewhere around there. That's where I was drafted. Uh, he he honestly should be drafted higher than Rod B because I think he can play any position in the secondary. He can How play. Was he viewed, yeah. 
I apologize, Rod. I didn't mean to clip you there. No, 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 I'm just saying I'm done. He can play any position in the secondary, nickel, corner, and safety. I totally believe that. I, I just out of curiosity, Jerry, how was he viewed coming out of high school? Uh, yeah, he was a, uh, a high three-star, low four-star guy, I think. I'd have to go back and look at that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm not sure he did a lot of the combine stuff to really show off his athleticism, but because of his height, he was probably going to be underrated. That's the way this business is a little bit. It, you know, what's interesting about him is there was um, Bobby and I were looking at some pre-draft stuff, just upperclassmen headed into the year. He was a borderline first second, but that doesn't count Ooh. underclassmen, Rod, which knocks okay. you down around, right? Mm. Okay. So he was essentially looked at as a potential second, probably third round guy once all the underclassmen declared. He's having a great year. I, here's the thing that I will I look at, I keep looking at with Texas Rod Reyes. Um, there you go. I mean, so he was a four, he, uh, he was a high three star player. Um, but I, I don't know where everybody had him ranked. Um, when anytime you're in that four, 375 to 415 range in the country, you're essentially sitting there in between a 90 and a high 88. There you go. Um, 24-7 had him higher. Uh, so he had one four-star rank. And I thought somebody had him ranked up there. Um, but w- what's interesting to me, Rod, is because uh, Jalen Catalan's on a snap count, a pitch count, essentially, Yeah, we haven't got the chance to see him barren and Ford play together a lot. Wow, that's a good point. If, if they do get to that point and Jalen Catalan's healthy about week eight and said, all right, it's go time, baby. There's still mm-hmm. a lot left. There's still some goals here we're chasing. I'm really interested to see all three of those investigators play together. Oh, you just got me excited, Jerry, because I have a theory <laughs> I call this the, the central nervous system of a defense. At Texas, you go look at the best defenses Texas has had. You know, probably in the last 15 years. Honestly, you probably can go back even further. You can go back 20, 25 years. I bet it still tracks. You go, you, you they, they all have a, a strong central nervous system. I'm talking about the guts of the defense and the yeah. spine of it, right? We're talking about the safeties. We're talking about the inside off-ball linebackers and those interior D tackles. All the great defenses, they seem to have that commonality at Texas. And yeah. – they all that's those are high IQ, at least the, not for the side of the D tackles, not getting on them, but they don't really have to, you right. know, move, they don't have to make audibles and they don't have to check and they don't have to, you know, see the entire scope of things. But your off ball linebackers, that's the communication center, right? Those are the guys who are getting guys moved around. Those are the guys who are getting the front lined up. Your safeties are usually the guys that are making sure the coverages are uh you know are, are the right coverages and making sure that everybody's lined up correctly so those are your guys you're using your high football iq guys and when texas had good central nervous systems they've also had really high iq football players at those spots and they go back and track it and, and i'm telling you every time it seems to be up that spine if you're talking about Jalen catalan today Barron at the nickel so he's inside and Jalen yeah. Ford, who's also inside an off-ball linebacker, mm-hmm. that's a lot. That, that's, your, that's your most intelligent – that's your football, basically, brain of your defense right there. <laughs> they're, they're doing great. Hey, thanks, Brandon, for the, the comment there. I, yeah, we all agree uh, Jade Barron's been pretty amazing so far. And, and no mm-hmm. insult intended to Kelvin Banks or Xavier Worthy, anybody that might be considered the, the best player on the team as well. Everybody's uh, doing great, and we really appreciate that. Uh, sticking with the super chats, like Jerry, did you have something? Yeah, well, somebody in the comments they're talking about Quinn versus Gabriel. How Dylan Gabriel's figured it out in year two. Dylan Gabriel's thrown thirteen hundred and sixty college. Yeah, passes he's been around a long time. Thousand yards. I mean, he yeah. started as a true freshman at UCF. He's had he's had 
three seasons of 365 pass attempts or more in college football. He's as experienced as there is in college football quarterback. Sure. So him and Quinn are for just the, those in the comments. They're not, they aren't really comparable to me. And how long has he been in that system? It when he, did he work with Jeff Levy before? Yes, he came to exactly. Oklahoma. Yeah, he's been in that system for since high school, essentially now, yeah. since yeah. he got into college. One in a million has a comment for us. Yeah. So, ah. Jerry, what do you think about the way uh, Sark is building the roster? Is it the right way, inside out, you know, linemen? Yeah. Instead of what – of course, this question comes with a presumption that Charlie Strong and Tom Herman didn't necessarily do it the right way. But uh, – what do we think of this? And Rod, we would love yeah. for you to weigh in as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that Urban Meyer was was mentioned in that. Because when Urban took a look under the hood, when Texas won, and there it is, <laughs> he didn't like what he saw under the hood. <laughs> Three years later, he's picking Texas to go undefeated. So, you know, he must like what he's seeing under the hood now. So I, I love that Urban Meyer was used in that, um, whether he <laughs> meant it that way or not. Yeah, I think so. I But I think it's more than – yeah, the trenches, yes, of course, but I think it's more that the strategy in recruiting for me is, and and I start sorry, I give credit to Sark they, because covering Mac Brown was not recruiting through the whistle. It was early when Rod being the number one class and all those guys. Later, it wasn't recruiting through the whistle. It was we don't even have a whistle. The the class is committed. Where's the whistle? Um, but I, so Sark got me started on recruit through the whistle with his 22 class hmm. because they stayed on guys when they were committed elsewhere. The season wasn't going well. And I was sitting there going, Ooh, you know, I, I, I don't know. It, but then the coaching carousel happened. Right. And when Cristobal jumped to Miami, boom, Texas went boom, 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 really quick. Right. But the only way that happens is if you stay on your top guys Yep. and you don't go to B list. Mm-hmm. of players now i always say that with a caveat if you're at a blue blood program you have a built-in advantage because you can go to the portal and get starters from other power five schools which is what texas has done they have made as good a punter as there is in the country and it's not going to be talked about enough you have multiple guys uh quinny was, was was out of the portal ryan watts is out of the portal i mean gavin holmes plays a lot out of the portal you can just go down the list of guys at texas ad mitchell has only played on national championship teams to this point in his college career. So you can go to the portal and fill the needs you don't get in high school easier to blue blood. But I love what Sark is doing because they don't move off their A-list players. And then they, at the same time, they still use senior year evaluation. Um, you know, Warren Roberson was just now coming onto the radar last year at this time, and it still wasn't even publicly. J- uh, Jelani McDonald coming onto the radar with Texas about now. Those guys end up being two of the better players in the class long-term that weren't early enrollees. So I just love the way they go about recruiting at Texas. I think they have the right plan to build a roster and not just collect talent, but build a team. Because it's still more than just collecting talent. you got to build a team. And I think they're going about building a team with the most talented roster they can the right way. Yep, I agree. I love the focus also for Sark. He's about the premium positions. So the NFL has 
and they've even put dollar figures on. If you look at the uh, franchise tag values of players, their premium positions that the NFL will pay more for because yeah. they're valued more in today's game. We've talked about running back at nauseum. It has literally dropped in franchise tag value over the years, which has never unprecedented. It hasn't happened to any other position, right? But it shows you they value positions quarterback, obviously more than any other, but they value some over the uh, other. And, Look at Sark, man. Quarterback is number one. You're probably looking at left tackle, yep. edge rusher, and wide receiver and cornerback yep. are probably the other ones. And most of those for Sark, he has been able to really, really kind of not stockpile, but bring in some high-level talent. He's starting to stockpile, but he's bringing in high-level talent at those positions, and he plays them immediately. If he's got a left tackle as a freshman that can that can ball out, hey, if you're good enough, you're old enough. Same thing at wide receiver, quarterback, same thing too. He's like, oh, Quinn, he ain't played. That's okay. All right, bring him in. If The premium positions, he's going to bring in high-level talent and play those guys right away. That's what attracts other recruits at those premium positions. Hey, and by the way, you know what else it gives? Incentive to be an early enrollee. Right. Like Solomon Williams talking to him today at Carroll Day, he's an early enrollee. Mm -hmm. I see – Especially, even though Kelvin Banks wasn't early enrollee, there was an opportunity to start at left tackle, right? He was a little different. He was an outlier maybe. But y'all know how – I mean, I think we all understand how much that means in recruiting that Cedric Baxter came in as an early enrollee out of the yeah. state of Florida and started game one as a mm-hmm. freshman at Texas. I mean, that's an impactful thing in recruiting. When you're mm-hmm. going to go recruit other Florida kids, hey, if you come here and do your job – Peyton Kirkland, he's going to redshirt on the offensive line. We have a bunch of guys in front of him. If you come in and do your job and you're as good as advertised, you're going to have a chance to compete for a starting job. That's impactful stuff in recruiting. I mean, I I don't know any other way to put it, Um, but there's incentive to being an early enrollee. Uh, And out there listening to this, if you have an opportunity to be an early enrollee and you don't take advantage of it, you're missing the boat in college football. Hey, Jerry, when did that start? Because that was not a thing when I yeah. was being recruited. That was not – I don't even – maybe it was not, but no, nobody was doing that. It was when more – become a thing? I would have to go back and think. It was more quarterbacks first that would come okay. in early that kind of started that. Um, but a lot of high schools didn't have mid-year graduation for a long time. In the state of Arizona, they still don't. Okay. So, like, like right now, Christian Clark, Santana, Wilson, unless they would have to go through, like, several hoops to online classes to get out early uh, in the state of Arizona. So not every school even has that yet. And there's some private schools in the state of Florida, in the state of Texas or whatnot, that they don't have early high school graduation. So you could see that's why you've seen a couple of basketball kids that were maybe to private school um, maybe bounce to a different school. Not that they were definitely coming in early, but they were thinking about it. Um, so you're starting to see that a little bit, but um, uh, it, it, I think it started with quarterbacks. I'd have to go back and think about who was like the first big name. I'm guessing it was in 2006, seven, eight range okay. is when it started yeah. really to take off a little bit more, but I could be wrong. Yeah, no, I would have, cause I would have, I would have loved to have done it. I probably would. You yeah. gotta be, this is the thing about it though. These young kids today, academically, they are, they are way more buttoned up than we yeah. were. 
I mean, back in my day, guys like, man, I got a couple more class. I gotta, I gotta get these credits in. Oh Ooh. yeah, I, like that was like a common thing. I was like, oh man, I'm down to the wire. I may not walk. I gotta. That's, make what, that hey, that's it, Rod. Remember how many guys you used to talk to? Probably that were like, I got a two-two core, <laughs> and I got an eight-ten test, and damn, I'm looking at this thing at this chart, and oh my god, how I, what? Somebody's yeah. got to take the test for me, coach. Somebody's got to take the <laughs> test for me. Who's taking the SAT for I me? Remember that. I don't want to do it. I can't. Now these guys it. are graduating early with like, you know, getting and yeah. enrolling early like that. May so maybe I think that's just a credit to the. Yeah, I yeah. guess I'm crediting a young generation. Well, I, well, Byron Murphy had 60 college. He came in that with an associate's degree, leaving that's DeSoto crazy. High School. That's, what? That's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. So if if he goes to the NFL after this year. It, it's as much about he's already done with college as much as it is about okay I could be a third or fourth round pick maybe I could yeah. be a second rounder if I come back I mean I'm done with this that's true they're just ahead of us academically they that's are. why they get their degree their degrees done you know three years in and they their last year they're like they're pulling the Joe Burrow thing where they're just going to, going to practice and they got I don't know one class or something like that. And here's, here, here's the other part about Ray. Here's what's funny. I don't know if you know this story, but I'm going to put this, put a wrap this thing in a big bow too. <laughs> Nowadays, it's a specialized training. When Rod was coming out of high school, kids needed somewhere to work out. And I was like, hey, man, I throw the ball pretty well. My dad is a coach. I put on <laughs> yeah. All right, we're going to go get a workout together. And it started yeah. with like Cedric Cormier and Joe Walker. And mm-hmm. it, it ended up at North Shore. And there are a lot of guys showing up there. Yeah. And, and, and because Cedric was like, I don't want anybody to throw me the ball. I was like, I'll do it, dude. Let's just go out there. And then guys just started showing up. Yep. I'm I'm the bottom of the barrel. Could you imagine guys like Rod today working with a DB coach that played in the NFL? We were just out there playing pitch and catch. And they were having fun. And just staying yeah. state. Nowadays – you're freaking working with a DB coach that played in the NFL that does personalized training somewhere or that's margin good. hooks at wide out. Margin hooks, right? There yeah. you go. I mean, that that's a great point. That's a great, I, yeah, you're right. That was not a thing. We were, you're right. We we're just looking for work. That's why we that's found it. Jerry throwing balls at North Shore. We we're like, hey, that's this guy throwing balls at North Shore. We might get over there. Let's go get some work. Let's go. Yeah. 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 <laughs> hey, one more comment related to what Juan had to say, and I know we stayed on this for, hey, hey, Juan, you got your four ninety nine worth, right, buddy? <laughs> wow. Hey, um, talked about development in Sarkeesian. It's his staff, too. So not, not only are we recruiting the right kids and giving them the opportunity you mentioned, we're developing them. Yeah. So how much better is Christian Jones now in the last? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. years then when Al Flood first got there. So he's teaching up these kids. So we're, we're no getting doubt. a lot better. Kobe Amati, a couple of years ago, he had the one year with Flood. 
And he came on the show and he said, I am so much better now. I just wish I'd had these guys years before to change my entire career trajectory. And so we've got, so Sark hired the right guys who can no, also teach kids up. No, it's right? a great point, Ray. I mean, and here's the thing about, uh, Rod can speak to this better than I can. I talked to the kids. He was one. When you believe you're being developed, it's amazing how much harder work you'll put in the offseason. That's a huge thing mentally for pro football players and in any sport, honestly. Yep. When you see it, I, I, Coach Akina did that for me. Uh, my man, and Coach the, Dwayne Akina. He uh, and and, no, and I, right. Coach uh, Coach Withers was great too. Um, but I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't a student of the game then. I was just playing the game. Uh, but to start seeing the game on a different level, start seeing the chess match as I talk about within the game, that Coach Akina got me to see that, and it was just those. It was that moment we're going, oh. If I put in enough work to watch enough film, I can pick up on those tendencies and those those trends and those habits. I can figure that out. Oh, I can I can I can make my own breakdown and evaluation of players and their traits and their skill sets and what they're good at and their tells as a player. All those things. And then I figured it out. I was like, oh man. And then that's when I'm late up late in the dorm room, staying up watching film. You know what I mean? And and telling the guys. Uh, you know, the uh, assistant said, Hey, man, I need, I need more DVD. Back then, we had you know, DVDs. <laughs> I said, I, mean, I need more DVDs of film on, on, you know, on these players, that kind of stuff. So it was, you're right. It, 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 it makes you recommit yourself when you realize, Oh, I am being instructed and I'm being coached to be the best. I'm being pushed to be my, to be the very best I can be. I, 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 you recommit yourself. And it, I, I remember that moment. That's great. It's crazy you bring that up, Jerry. I remember that moment as a player. And it did. It changed my life forever. I don't think I would have been an NFL player, honestly, without Coach Aquino showing me yeah. that. Yeah. Dwayne did good work. Hey, work. Matthew, you do good work. He's our producer. Can we – I'm throwing you a curveball here. I didn't even ask you for this earlier. The OTF, IT uh, code. Oh, or, yeah. Uh, this is Matthew. So we, we've talked about the website Inside Texas. Now, Jerry, of course, is one of the – hey, Jerry, what's your literal title over there? Um, I, 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 I guess recruiting analyst works. <laughs> that works, huh? Yeah, but, that works. Senior recruiting analyst, something like there that. You. He's the top there dog. You go. Yeah, I, some great inside information, as you might expect, from a, a website with the word inside in the title. So Inside Texas, the promo code. And this is, you know, they, they're kind of, you know, wanting to make sure they can track this. And this is how they can do that. They want to make sure that people who are watching this can go over to Inside Texas, sign up and get two months for just a dollar. But it also tells them that this YouTube channel and the podcast are working. So OTFIT23, use that code in the monthly offer and you'll get two months, which is most of the rest of the regular season for a dollar. And you're going to like it so much, you're going to then sign up for the rest of the season. So that's a mention of our promo code. We don't have any advertisers for our stream yet, but I'm working on it. I saw I got a buddy You don't have to pull up the question. Mando 4 is yes. Yes. Okay. That gives you freedom to go read other boards. Hey, I got a, I got a buddy named Seth Thompson. I'm trying to get him to advertise on us. He uh, owns a, a nice place that does uh, epoxy on your garage floors. It's pretty sweet. So we'll get in there next week. We'll get that going. Uh, Daniel Kinnaman, how about this super chat? So we're talking about the players. 
Rod, Jerry, how many of our current roster will be drafted? Well, obviously, they have to be draft eligible in 2024 and or invited to a camp as an undrafted free agent. Too many undrafted free agents in the Texas program over the last few years. It shows we've had talent, but we haven't uh, had them properly developed enough to be draft picks, but we're changing that narrative. So what, what do you think? Who wants to jump on this first? I'll start. I'll start it. Rod, we'll go with, uh, we'll start on the offensive line. Christian Jones, obviously. Well, mm-hmm. either be, he'll probably be a drafted player, especially when he's playing this year. Uh, Xavier Worthy comes out early. No A.D. Doubt. Mitchell comes out early. J.T. Sanders comes out early. Quinn yep. probably comes out early. Um, Jonathan Brooks could have a decision to make if he rushes for 1,000 yards. He gets out healthy. Um, you know, that's offense. Um, rested offensive line will be back um, or graduate. D-line, I mean, you could have Alfred, Alfred Collins, Savondre Sweat, Byron Murphy. Yep. Uh, Ford, Barrett. I mean, you're at 10. 10 right there. Hey, yeah. Ryan Sanborn. I don't know Ooh, if he's going to. As a free agent. Oh, he's, oh yeah, I've got to Yes, yes. He definitely yes. is. He's averaging 48 a pop. No, you're right. He'll He'll be on the- green layer and wet grand, uh, gra- uh, ground over on the uh, uh, in Palo Alto, and that ball's a rocket off his foot right now and with trajectory and aim. Killing um, it inside the five. He's a he's been amazing. He's a machine, right? Uh, he's two, um, Texas is two in net punting right now in the country. I guess the question would be uh, the guys, other guys who will be invited to a camp. Sharon Thompson will be invited as a free. Sharon Thompson, yes. Ryan really. Watts may be drafted. Okay. I mean, it's a 12-13 group, 12-13 player group. You didn't mention Catalan. Where do we see him? Oh, uh, you know what? The, it, it, I think yeah. The health, the, yeah. Injury concerns. Past the physicals, this is going to be mm. his issue. I think. I think he'll, he'll make be going team. on the camp. He'll be invited to a camp. No yeah, doubt. he'll make a team. I don't have any doubt he makes a team. Will he get drafted? Will medically allow him to be drafted? I don't know. Um, if he has a healthy season, even on a pitch count this year, I think it helps him. But he's definitely that dude's going to make an NFL team. It's just going to be is he going to have to do it as an undrafted free? Somebody brought up Keelan Robinson and. Absolutely. As special teams guys. I mean, 15 guys could end up in camps off this team this year. That's hey, we have a lot of uh, a lot of super chats coming in. People That's are like, what's going on here? What's Thunder Pup got to say here? So uh, now Thunder Pup's like a lot of the fans. They want to see uh, Malik and Arch get in, but the, uh, the games haven't uh, offered that opportunity yet. We did see Malik against Rice. So um, he's worried about how good they'll be without live bullets coming at him. What, what, what's the thought there? Um, I do think it's important for quarterbacks, though, to get those live reps. Um, but do we anticipate anybody in the Big 12 Texas blowing out to that extent? I don't. Mm-hmm. You know, Bay, yeah, I, I don't. I really don't. I don't see it. And honestly, I think Sark believes Quinn needs those reps. We just talked about that. Like, Quinn actually <laughs> needs those reps. He's, he's not – by far from a, a polished finished product. So yeah, I, I think you, I think the opportunities were rice and Wyoming and those teams actually ended up being much better and much more competitive opponents than Texas thought. Thank you. Thunder pup for the super chat. You guys can keep them coming in. Let's scroll yeah. down and see what our next one is. Hey, it's our old friend, Justin Yarbrough. He's a, a pretty good contributor to this, uh, podcast and youtube channel so uh jerry you got any nuggets yeah i guess it's always a dangerous 
question well, to ask you, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've had a lot of nuggets this week on the road, unfortunately, but uh, that's another <laughs> conversation. Um, it's good for Chick-fil-A when I'm on the road. Um, look, I first off, the tw- the Texas City Kid in 25 is Xavier Skoron, I think is how you pronounce his name. He's interesting kid. He's a safety. Texas will look at him as a safety. He was at the game. He was at a camp this summer. He was at the spring game, I believe. Uh, he was at the, the game Saturday. He's an interesting prospect because he started his freshman year at Hitchcock High School, the smaller school there, where for years and years there's been that battle where does a kid live in Hitchcock and go to Lamarck? No, Coach Irwin, I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying that a kid live in Hitchcock and go to Lamarck. Kimball Anders lived in Hitchcock and went to freaking Galveston Ball. Hitchcock's had an issue keeping some of their kids. Um, the score on kid was a varsity player as a freshman at Hitchcock. By the way, they have a kid Texas offer. They have some young kids at Hitchcock that are tremendous. I think they they win state in basketball and lost in football last year. But Scoron, he transferred to Texas City. He was ruled ineligible by UL. So when I went through there last year in 2022, he was playing JV, and he was way too good to play JV. Uh, but he's an interesting guy. He's a physical downhill player. Uh, he's a really intelligent kid academically, does great academically. Um, and and kind of to the a point with him, I, which I think checks a couple of boxes for him, is he was ruled ineligible by the UIL. He didn't take off and leave Texas City. He stayed there and played JV. He thought it was academically was the best move for him in his mom's eyes. He stuck that thing out, and now he's going to be rewarded for sticking it out in his work. Not that he wasn't a good player wherever he went, but a lot of kids would bounce in that situation. He stuck it out. Um, Team Nuggets this week, I mean, I I think the big thing for me is we think Cedric Baxter and Maurice Black will play this week. Um, How much? We'll see. I I think the interesting thing is going to be what does Texas do, Rod? And I don't know if you and Ian talked about this. I haven't had a chance to watch uh, Football Theory because I've been on the road. I don't know if y'all tackled Cole Hudson being out. And does Hayden Connor start playing some right guard to relieve DJ Campbell? And then you start to see Neto at left guard and him start to get that experience he needs because Cole Hudson was playing as many or more snaps than DJ Campbell at right yeah. guard when he yeah. goes down. Well, they're obviously trying to bring DJ along slowly while also having a really good player in Cole Hudson that could play a lot of snaps. Now, do we see Hayden Connor play some right guard this week and Neto play some left guard? I tend to think we will because I don't think DJ is going to be a 65-70 snap player right now. Yeah, they need other options, right? They got to have a rotation. Yeah, they have to, right? And uh, Cole Hudson ended up playing – I mean, he played more snaps versus Bama uh, than DJ Campbell. So I'm with you. I think they – and, you know, there are different skill sets at offensive line. I think that Cole Hudson was probably a better pass blocker. DJ Campbell, yep. more of a road grader for you. Yep. No um, I'm with you. I think you'll start seeing a, you have to have a rotation there just in case there's a situation where DJ Campbell is a little outmatched. Um, teams are going to come after him. Let's just be honest. Like, it, and uh, matter of fact, this is, this is the game yes. where they're going to try to expose that interior offensive line in pass protection. It happened last season, guys. Dave Aranda pretty much was the guy that exposed the blueprint against Texas, had five sacks uh, in that game in 2022, and he's the guy that really broke out the amoeba fronts and the simulated pressures, uh, and four of those five sacks were either or simulated pressures and, uh, and or amoeba fronts. And a lot of teams after that we've seen, even early on this season, Rice, <laughs> Wyoming, uh, they've used some of those concepts. So 
you're going to see it again. And I think he's going to go after where, I mean, in, in any situation. He's going after DJ Campbell and pass pro. Yes. He's he's saying, yeah, you're doing going, his job as a coach yeah. against the young guard that's a better run blocker, right? Yeah, and, he's going after To be, well, here's the, here's the question I've had, Rod. How do you do that? That doesn't mean you send two guys at DJ Campbell. What to me that means is you get Jake Majors to turn his head away from DJ Campbell and you leave DJ on an island. You're trying to get a one-on-one. That's what you're trying to do, yeah. right? And get yeah. and make him think enough, but and he knows he doesn't have help. And you want to that make puts him, pressure on a guy. And you make the young guy have to communicate post snap. Yes. And have to pass off defenders in pass yeah. protection. That's when the twist and the stunts come. So that is going to happen. And Texas knows this. They know yeah. it. If we know it, they know it. They know he's going to get attacked. So they'll have a plan in place for it. And if they don't, they need a contingency plan. If DJ Campbell can't handle that, and you're, that's what you're talking about with the rotation of guys. Yeah. Hey, by the way, K-Drag 4, uh, we're not giving Aranda credit. Um, he's a good defensive mind, though. Guys need to get credit for what they need to deserve credit for. I don't think the Baylor program's nearly as good as it was under Rule, and I think that's going to continue. I think Rule had a real knack for the speed-physicality combination in recruiting with upside. Uh, I think Baylor's recruiting different kids, but I do think we got to give Aranda credit for being a really good defensive mind. Which yeah, is- like that, yeah, this is this is not a conversation about Dave Aranda as a head coach. Right. Um, you know, I was actually I thought he was a good hire after the he won the Big Twelve title. Um, but now watching the regression of the program in such a short time, it's obvious they did not maximize winning the Big 12 title. You're supposed to have a spike in recruiting right. and talent mm-hmm. acquisition. They did not. So, yeah, it's uh, he's not necessarily a great head coach. But as a defensive mind, he really did sure. have a great game plan versus Texas last season. That's what we're talking about. And to Rob's period. point, if, if Baylor parts ways with the Rand eventually, he ain't going to have problems finding work as a D.C. Nope. <laughs> he oh, will be a yeah. coveted, coveted guy. Yes, <laughs> Now, and what happened to Baylor is a different story. Joey McGuire cut their knees when he went to Texas Tech. That was huge because he took recruiting in-house guys with him. Good he point. took a lot of recruiting mm. away from Infrastructure. Baylor. And, and, and he was that. an irreplaceable guy. Joey was an irreplaceable guy in recruiting for Baylor. Great point, Jim. It's just past uh, 8 p.m. If you're watching us live on YouTube, you're watching the Longhorn live stream. My name's Ray Peters alongside Jerry Hamilton and Rod Babers, we're uh, very happy you're with us. Uh, I saw something. We have several hundred thousand folks who download this as a podcast. So that's pretty incredible to think that we have that uh, broad an audience. And we uh, hope you've been enjoying our conversation so far. We'll probably go for about another 15 minutes or so. So we're having fun here on a Wednesday night. We're very glad you're with us. Uh, Hookem94 has a super chat for us here. Hey, Jerry, I heard you this morning. I think you called this the red cat. Is that the was that, that that's rods? That's rods. I was well, calling Rod Rod. 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 Red Cat. Hey, red came in and so, out there. I like just, that. Uh, I like Red Cat. So uh, <laughs> you know what we've called the Wildcat uh offense. Uh, he did it twice with uh, great success, converting. I guess they were both fourth downs. Yep. Uh fourth and short, and we got the first down. So uh even I could answer this one, yes. But I'll let the <laughs> experts. Uh, say something. So, uh, Savion Red has played now receiver, running back, and in essence, quarterback on offense. So, he's a versatile kid, right? Yeah. I, I'll answer first because Rod will play off of this. I said this morning when I asked about it, we don't want to see it too much because that means things aren't going well. 
true. You want this to be third and one, fourth and one, <laughs> maybe occasional third and two, but if they're breaking this thing out middle of the first quarter, things probably aren't going well. <laughs> Great point, brother. I love it. You're right. It's like when your punter wins uh, MVP of the bowl yeah, game. Like, that's well, not great, a good but... no, no. <laughs> At least we won the game that year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But I'll say this. I'll add to this. Look, I, I, I love it. I know Jerry's a big fan of Savion Young Red. Love him. Um, so I know he's he wants you. You want to see him get a little bit more playing time yeah. in the traditional roles too, at running back. I know that. But I'll say this in a more non-traditional role. Ice in in and Ray just brought it up. The versatility, right? I'm a big fan of positionless football. He's one of those players. I see a package. I just I visualize a package where you have essentially 11 personnel out there, one back, one tight end, JT Sanders is your tight end, X-Man, A.D. Mitchell, Jay Witt, your wide receivers, and Savion Red in the backfield, and you go empty formation, and you shift to it. You start out you know, with him in the backfield, and you shift to empty formation, and there are just matchup advantages everywhere because he's going to be matched up on a linebacker most likely. Or you're going to have, you know, JT matched up on a linebacker. And that package could be deadly. You could have the red cat, but you could also have another kind of uh, a shift with that. I think another package that could have him in the backfield as a receiver or a running back in different packs. So I, I love the uh, possibilities with a player like Savion Red. He's not big enough to be an 18-wheeler. <laughs> so he can be the minivan package. I well, I'll tell you this, Ray. <laughs> He runs pissed off enough enough to make contact right. like an eighteen wheeler. Like that's why I like him is red so much because of course you got to channel it. Um, but I like that he runs pissed off. And uh, when I went to Grand Prairie, his senior year after he signed with Texas, the head coach over there uh, was a longtime assistant under Gary Patterson. And I asked him, I was like, "Hey, man, you know." kind of explained Savion as a kid, as a player athlete to me. And he said, we have to tell him to turn it down. Wow. Mm-hmm. Damn. You lead Grand Prairie football to the playoffs. So I mean, that's, that's my point. He's the kid who kind of turned the fortunes of a program around that year, right? Grand yeah, Prairie didn't and, have a lot of success. And they've kind of gone back to where they were without him, even though they do a great job coaching there. They just don't have the dudes. I mean, it's pretty simple. But that guy got them to the playoffs. Um and that's not easy to do in that district. Wow. He's a dude. He, he's hey, got a channel. Him. He's got to channel it. But I love channel. I love it when he's yeah. running, dropping pads on Saturdays. I'll tell you that. He's that fiery guy on the sideline. You just hope it's uh, well channeled, like you said. Exactly. <laughs> hey, Jason Renfro with the super chat. He wants to see the fast start. I think we would all love to see that. Although yes, for yes. years we've been hearing about how Texas is awful in the fourth quarter. We're finally – Good in the fourth quarter, and now people are mad at us for not being good early. But <laughs> we, we need to do a, a complete game, right? We'd like to see that. Is this yeah. something we're going to need to do against Baylor? You know, you want to see it, right? Uh, Texas fans want that cake you needed too. You said it, Ray. Like <laughs> last, well, last two years, we've been upset because Sark's opening script has been fantastic. I think last season, I have the numbers. Texas uh, averaged a little under ten points per game. They were at nine point five points per game in twenty twenty two just off the first 20 plays of the game, right? That's a lot of points. And so that script was amazing. I mean, as I said, it was Quentin Tarantino. That was a, it was award-winning script, Uh, (laughs) but they would collapse in the fourth quarter. They would collapse in the second half. And we were very critical of Sark's 
inability to adjust, the, the inability of this team to respond to adversity in games. And now he, he worked his butt off to turn this team from a first quarter team into a fourth quarter team. Now I'll admit, maybe they didn't pay enough attention to the first quarter. Now they're not a four quarter team. They're a fourth quarter team, but man, TCU made it to a national title last year. And basis all they were was a fourth quarter team. So I want to first off, before we criticize, start giving credit. Yeah. He worked his butt off to psychologically, you know, transition his team and, and get this team dialed in to, hey, look, we got to be sick. And JT Sanders said it in the media availability once. He said, we know people think that we're not a second-half team. He said it. He said it out loud, which means they said it in the locker room. Mm-hmm. It means the coaches talk about it. Sark said he wanted to play more players. Maybe they could be, so they could be fresher in the fourth quarter. So hey, maybe they could have fresher legs in the fourth quarter. So he wanted more depth on the team. He went through a lot of different methods and I think a different process is trying to figure out what the hell is going on with this team in the fourth quarter and second half. And I'm not going to say they fixed it. They're more like, remember the Golden State Warriors in the NBA playoffs like a few years ago in their prime when they have this ability to not just get hot as a team, they would go thermonuclear. And they would hit like six, seven, three pointers in a mm-hmm. two minute span. And then the game would be over. over. And you'd be like, what happened to the game? That was a close game. And it was like, nope, took like two, three minutes. And they just turned the lights out. Texas basically has been doing that two teams. In, in, that, in, that, in, that, in that Wyoming game, they had a five and a half minute stretch. They scored three touchdowns. Game was over. It was a tie game. It was like, what the? It was even crazier in the Alabama game, how quickly three touchdowns came. Yes. Alabama, same thing. It was five minutes and 42 seconds. They scored three touchdowns, and Longhorn fans went from panicking going, I think we're going to blow Bama out. (laughs) (laughs) What's happening here? And Rice, they did in the third quarter in the Rice game, they had it was an eight minute stretch in the third, and they just scored three touchdowns, and the game was just, it was out of hand after that, even though it was still Texas was winning, but. Then it was way out of hand. The blowout came. If maybe this is going to be their identity and it's going to scare the hell out of Longhorn fans, mm-hmm. but I'm cool with it. If this is their identity, I think it's important to get the fast start. Um, but I think it's more important to finish strong. And that's what they're proven to be a team that finishes in the fourth quarter. I think you'll get the start you want, but it just, it, it may not come. Like, you know, initially, I think it may take a little bit of time. I, I, want, yeah. I want this next three games to be a pro golfer building up for the Masters. Okay. I want this, um, the Houston Open here this week for this PGA Tour golfers. It always rains in the Houston Open. I know. <laughs> I know. Maybe it's because I'm in the rain. But I want Texas to come out better. I want them to play a, a better than they did last week. I want them to play even better against Kansas. But then when they go to Dallas, I want that to be the one. That's the one. You're building up to the Masters October 7th in Dallas. That's when you want to see this thing put together. Uh, You want to keep building that thing up. If you come out with a really fast start Saturday, doesn't mean you are against Kansas. Doesn't mean you are. I just want to see them continuing to keep build, build, build. And then when the Masters rolls around, it's Masters Saturday up there in Dallas that you see – Texas fans see everything they wanted to see. I, I think I hope they build it, keep building towards that, um, and and start peak, start the first peak of the season here in three weeks. Uh, real quick, one other thing though, X's and O's. I wouldn't be surprised Texas starts out in the Baylor game in twelve personnel, one back, two tight ends. I know Sark loves eleven, and so do we. You have a lot of speed on the field, but 
remember how they closed the 2022 Baylor game. They mm-hmm. avoided Money. any of the issues with pass protection, twists and stunts, amoeba fronts, secondary pressures, uh, uh, because they just ran the football out of a lot of the 12 personnel. And it was pretty much in the same formation. Go back and look, guys. Go back and watch the end of the Baylor game in 2022. And go back and watch the end of the Wyoming game and how they closed out that game. It was pretty much in 12 personnel, and they ran a lot of the same formation. It's almost a bunch formation uh, on the two tight end side with a minus for the wide receiver. And they pretty much just pound the rock from that formation. And they threw out of it, too. I got a feeling Sark might go into that Baylor game with that very same formation to start out with 12 personnel. And by the way, Texas has been throwing the ball really well out of 12 lately. Uh, I got him at 73% completion percentage out of 12 personnel uh, the last two weeks, uh, 11, over 11 yards per attempt. You're getting chunk yardage plays, and you're manipulating one-on-one matchups because teams are overly concerned, as they should be, that you're going to run the football and they'll be light in the box against you. Believe what this man says. He predicted that we would open with empty backfield against Alabama. And <laughs> young Baxter went out and caught a pass on the first play. And Rod was out of right. twelve personnel. There you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, let's. So we're, oh, there we go. Daniel Kinneman with the Beef Jerky Fund. Thank you. Thank you, Daniel. We really appreciate that. Bax Kelm had one earlier. This is complicated. Uh, we, we, we can't predict the future if Quinn sticks around and what happens then with Malik and Arch. Uh, I don't think Manning is going anywhere, um, but I don't know. I'll let you guys we'll, – we'll give 25 seconds to this one. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think um, – I, I just don't think it's happening. Um, so it's hard for me to, like, even entertain it. I just don't think it's happening. Um, I uh, – oh, uh, um, JM friend Texas one says he has super chat question. It didn't show up. Matthew will look for it. Um, I just don't think it happens, Rod. I, I just don't think that's the plan. Um, he, he's been fast tracked. Yeah. His entire career. yeah. From so. high school on. Yes. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, I think if there's any uh, draft prognostication that indicates that he's pretty high up there, then I, I think he'll probably take that leap and good for him. Um, the only thing yeah, that would uh, hurt him is the depth of the quarterback draft this year. It's going to be deep. No, it is. It's going to be yeah. a deep one, especially if Shadur enters the draft. Dion says he won't, but we'll see. Well, <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the other thing, too, is um, the Quinn, Quinn's going to be a projection pick. It, it, it's not. It's going to be different than Drake May and Caleb Williams 1-2 at the top of the draft. It's going to be a projection pick. Yeah. You know, so that that he's going to be one of those guys that one of the better teams looks at where they can kind of develop him. Oh, yeah. I like that's good. That's exactly what he needs. Mm. His best yeah. football is way out in front of him. And I'm not talking 23, 24, 25. I think it, we're getting in the 26 range with him. Hey, uh, Jim, friend, Texas. He actually gave us a $10 super chat. So we're very grateful for that. And then this Thank is you, a question. And uh, Rod, another compliment for you. I- I'm surprised your camera. How does your head stay within the frame, man? And all these compliments. <laughs> Thank you, guys. You guys are kind. I'm playing. You're a very <laughs> well balanced young man, it seems. So um, Baylor defense. He thought you were spot on, but what if we can't run the ball? So what's what's the next strategy? Yes, exactly. That's why I love twelve. Right. I'm glad you brought that up, Jim, because they can't run the ball. Um, I would I would assume the reason they can't run the ball is because Baylor's matching them with personnel 
or they're stacking the box. Now, if they if they're doing neither and Texas can't run the ball, then we got much bigger issues. Need to go to the Southland Conference. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But that's not the case. You got big humans up there. You got the biggest offensive line in the Big Twelve. Jerry talked about it in the Wyoming game, and Jerry was white. She was just ran the damn ball against Wyoming, but we was all overthinking it. Hey, they got a weak secondary. Your strength is your passing game. No, no, no. You got bigger humans. They're Wyoming. She just ran the football, which he did later on. So if they if they are indeed matching personnel to stop you or loading the box to stop you in the run, that's exactly what you want. That means you have the numbers advantage in the passing game one-on-one, and it also means that you have – or, like I said, they're matching personnel, and it means – Man, they have fewer pass defenders on the field. They got more run defenders on the field. And JT Sanders versus run defenders, ooh, we're going to eat all day. So you're almost presenting, Baylor. Pick your poison, all right? How do you – if you if you want to if you want to defend the passing game because everybody assumes, man, the most lethal weapons that Texas has are in the passing game. Even the Wyoming coach said it, right? He said our main goal on defense was to not – expose or leave our dbs exposed we didn't want them in one-on-ones at all in any situation with those texas wide receivers we wasn't going to have that because that is a certain annihilation for them all right he didn't want that so i think baylor if baylor and baylor's be more aggressive they got better athletes and they believe that but if baylor wants to play your pass and then defend themselves in the passing game that's great you'll they'll give you the run and you'll take it but if they want to take away the run they got to give up something to take away the run you can't win the numbers advantage in the box and also on the perimeter outside. You can't win them both. You can only choose. And if they choose to stop the run, that's great. That's why Texas in the last two weeks is averaging over 11 yards per attempt in 12 personnel because teams choose. And when they choose to stop the run, they're going to give you a one-on-one. That 40, what, that 44-yarder by uh, uh, X-Man in the game? Out of 12. Yeah. Well, I, Rod, isolate. Rod, to you. To your point, why it's tougher to choose against Texas this year versus last year, even though Texas had great running backs this last year. Yes. Jonathan Brooks and Baxter still be NFL players. Baxter's just a freshman, right? That's had some been nicked up. But last year, you had one guy that could consistently beat press coverage, could consistently do something after the catch, right? This year, and that's not the takeaway, but this year when you move A.D. Mitchell in, Second year of Whittington being healthy, third year of Xavier Worthy, second year starting uh, Jatavion Sanders. D coordinators are looking at Texas saying these guys have more players that can make a play one on one after the catch against us in space. That was that's a big difference. That's why DCs have to choose this year. And I just wonder, Rod, if it really helps the Texas run game this year. Yep, I'm with you. I totally agree with that because, like I said, I, a lot of teams will choose. Well, we'll give Texas the run game. You know, we don't fear Jay Brooks. It condenses, or the, game. It condenses yeah. the game with the new rule. You're right. Uh, uh. Y'all can <laughs> run the ball. We'll run the ball. And we'll watch your guys over there complain about not getting the deep shots. And that may be our best chance to beat you. That's the Wyoming game plan. And that's what Baylor's going to try to follow, too. Yeah. Milk the clock, choke the clock. And y'all go ahead and choke it for us, too. I love it. I love it. Yeah. That, uh, that's a great idea. And you frustrate Sark because you know Sark. Sark is – one thing about Sark, I love Sark, but Sark's not that patient. Right. He wants to score and he wants to score right away. And he wants to do it in a very flamboyant – Yeah. <laughs> right? As he, yeah. he should. That guy's had so much success with yeah. big, huge plays in the passing game down the field. 
how do you frustrate Texas and have the best chance to beat Texas? Hey, y'all just keep running that thing. Just hand it off. Y'all just keep yeah. running that thing. Watch that clock just go away. And the thing about that is that's this is why that's important, Jerry, because what is what's the kind of the, one of the worst part of Texas offense the the this first three games and even last year? Money downs. Yeah, they're still not really good on money downs. Third down. So you let them run the football. All you gotta do is make one or two plays on early downs, get them in money downs, and that's when the odds flip in your favor defensively. And if you're Dave Aranda, you're thinking, hey man, money downs, I can make a play there. Then I know they're going to throw the football. Then I can throw out my simulated pressures and my amoeba fronts and all these really cool uh, pressure packages. So if you're Texas, it all comes back to that, too. If you can, you got to be able to run the football effectively if they're going to give it to you. Hey, Rod, do you overload the box on first down against Texas, hoping they pass the ball? Hoping they get Quinn to check. Yeah. Get Quinn to check. And then after that, all right, this is what we're going to do. If you can get an incomplete on first down, then that really changes what you can do defensively against Texas. And I know you can say that about every team, but yeah. you also play the tendencies, right, of teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, to me, I, I overload the box on first down saying, all right, kick that thing out to the left or right and see if my guy can tackle you for a two-yard gain or zero-yard gain. Essentially, football theory, when it comes out, you guys should watch it. Ian Boyd brings up a great point about that, which may be the adjustment, because maybe Sark is thinking the chess match within the game. He said they have kind of a simplified RPO now, very simple, old school. Brett Favre said they used to run the RPOs when he was in, in the NFL, but he said it was really simple. It was, hey, if the if the cornerback is off and we got a run play called, I'm just going to throw it real quick as a smoke route to that wide receiver. He's like, yeah. that, that was an RPO. He's like, well, that's a very rudimentary RPO. But he was right. And Sark, Ian believes Sark is doing some of that now. Just like, I, hey, I, if they I, can I, play off coverage, just take it real quick and then take the easy yards. So, hey, Ryan hey, Nelson, Matthew, I think we have one. I agree with Ryan Nelson. Wide receivers recruits were in the stands Saturday against Wyoming, and that was ba- part of the game plan, in my opinion. Ooh, ooh, that's good. Oh, that's oh, great. That's that good. is chess, not checkers, right there. Huh? You, are, you aren't running the ball forty-five times when you got three five stars or top fifty receivers in the stands. Uh huh. Hey, Matthew, I think we got one one more uh, super chat, right, from uh, Football Junkie. Can we get that one up there? And then we're getting towards the end of our time here, and we really appreciate it. You guys have been incredible with your super chats, and we're sorry that we couldn't get to more things. But I love the way that the, the chat is its own living organism. We have some folks who are superstar posters. They have conversations awesome. amongst themselves and, and answer questions amongst themselves. David Keith Williams, I don't know if he's in there tonight, but he pretty he much – He'll answer, you know, everything family, for everybody. Baby. It's a Just community, baby. Family. It's family. Hey, so uh, we, we talked about some of the, the draft picks that might happen, the undrafted free agents for the folks who would be eligible. But younger players, um, this mm-hmm. is where we will probably really show in the future. I mean, because we're, we're getting some young top talent, right? Oh, yeah. Well, to follow up the last after the last question about all the guys, 15 guys that could be like on a uh, drafted or a free agents. There are a lot of comments. That's a very young team going to the SEC. It is, but Derek Williams is one of those guys. Anthony Hill then becomes a full-time starter. Um, you know, I mean, you just keep rolling in those young guys. Malik Muhammad takes over for Ryan Watts. Yeah. You bring in another really talented guy behind Malik mm-hmm. Muhammad. You actually may get more talented in some spots. And it's not like those guys are true freshmen. Those guys will have played enough and then will have – 
for Malik Muhammad will have two springs. Derek Williams will have one spring, but he's he's going to get his feet wet this year, and that dude's going to be ready to roll in year two. So that's where recruiting your top five classes comes into play for Texas fans to say, oh, my gosh, that's a young team going to the SEC. It is, but it may actually be more NFL talented. Yep. Now, Mac, Mac did that. We left. We had a lot of guys that were getting drafted um, by the time I, I left. I mean, we had guys that Mac inherited, but also guys that Mac brought in, like your Quentin Jammers and your Mike Williams and, your you know, Casey Hampton, Sean Rogers, me and Corey Redding and Chris Sims. And they'd be like, man, that's a lot of guys getting drafted. But, man, the guys that they were stockpiling behind us, the Michael Huffs of the world and the Aaron Ross of the world, the Vince Youngs of the world, you know, those guys, they have been stockpiling for years. You're right. They were, they were the breakthrough. Those were the breakthrough athletes that yeah. really changed the course of the program. We just kind of set the course. And mm-hmm. I think that's kind of what Jerry's talking about. These guys are kind of setting the course. They, it's about to be a group behind them that's about to change the game. And, and, and remember this, Sanborn, A.D. Mitchell, I mean, let's go down the list. Uh, guys, I mean, Trill Carter's had an injured knee, but he he's starting to play a role. Gavin Holmes, right? I mean, the portal, you're also going to fill four or five, six spots out of the portal. Mm-hmm. So when you say, oh, 15 guys maybe on uh, in training camp are drafted, you got all that young talent. But then as a blue blood, you get to go start picking the guys that are really talented. They're also really good fits for you. So I don't think Texas is actually going to have much of a drop-off even if with all those guys leave it after this year, I actually think the way Texas is building is really good for the future. Guys, and you just got to make sure 60% of it is finding the right quarterback. All over the country now, you can see great examples of Nick Saban's empire crumbling before mm-hmm. our very eyes because he's like, I can't figure out who the hell the quarterback's going to be. Notre Dame's balling out because they got themselves a really good quarterback. Yes. The way that Deion Sanders rebuilt Colorado, he did it all with a lot of guys, but he brought his son, who was the quarterback with him. Lincoln Raleigh did the same thing. In the NFL, it's the same thing. Uh, hey, Rob, I, I got another one for you. I got another one for you. I think maybe the best young offensive coach in college, college football, Kalen DeBoer at Washington. Oh, he's great. He recruited Michael Penix out of Tampa to Indiana. Hmm. He's the guy that recruited him. Yeah, that really. He goes off to Fresno. He goes wins nine years. The COVID year didn't count. He played six games. He wins nine games his first full year. Then he goes to Washington. Oh yeah, come back and play for me. And then he has the COVID year, so he gets him for two. Yep. He wins eleven games year one. And I'm (laughs) telling you, I'm not going to be shocked if they don't beat USC and are in the playoff. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it wouldn't shock me either if it did. Yep. That's his quarterback. He recruited. Yep. Out of high school, boom, boom, boom. There he's back with him to end his college career. You better figure it out. <laughs> you better figure who it out. Have, who would have predicted the Pac-12 would be the premier league in college yeah. football? I mean, look at Baylor. Baylor right now, because they don't have a backup, you know, they look like a, a team that is going to struggle for the rest, <laughs> at least till they get Blake Chapin back. And by the way, not having a backup, that is no excuse anymore in football. That's the highest levels. Last season, only one quarterback made it through the entire season unscathed. Mm. That was Hunter Deckers, who now <laughs> is out. <laughs> for other he got reasons. scathed pretty yeah. good in the offseason, didn't he? Hey, 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 Ray, what you said is so funny. You know why that's hilarious? I don't even know the commissioner of the Pac-12, but man, it it hit the, the best year they've had is this last year. Before yeah. that thing. <laughs> when the thing is disintegrated. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that's you're right. They don't have. They might have. Awesome, but I'm sure it's better drinking a glass of wine in Newport Beach. Okay, <laughs> let's oh, just say you that. <laughs> you're right about that, brother. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Hey, I had a lot of fun tonight. You guys, absolutely uh, great job. We, great we kept fun. going for Thank a while. Thank you, Ray. Here. So uh, yeah, right. I really appreciate it. Hey, Jerry, it's always a pleasure. So uh, we love having Justin Wells on here in his normal time, but uh, you're always welcome. So you you hop on board whenever you want. I know that uh, I'm just, again, I'm blown away by the amount of work you do. And uh, you'll appreciate be up it. and at him, I'm sure, at, what, five in the morning going somewhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. He's a great we, got live, we got live stream eight, eight to nine in the morning central time. Bobby Burton, Blake, Blake Monroe, and myself will be excited about that. I'm going to hit some schools tomorrow, go see DeAndre Robinson tomorrow afternoon, uh, go see a couple of 25s here on the Space Coast. Uh, so, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun. And, and Rod knows what I'm about to do right now, Real Housewives of Orange County. Because, yeah, you, know, baby. <laughs> because you know, you know, you're on this live stream, and while Rod's wife wants him far away, there's about an hour a week where she's like, come on, let's go watch this. So, you know. Yeah, right. Yeah. No, trust me. I we're, we're on two of the franchises, me and wife. That's quality time, Jerry. It's quality time. You know what I mean? <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah I've got my hey, if you watch film with me, I got to watch Housewives. With you're watching that film with her. There you go. <laughs> hey, gentlemen, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for uh, helping you, me out tonight. Again, my name is Ray Peters alongside Jerry Hamilton and Rod Babers. This is the Longhorn live stream on a Wednesday night. As Jerry indicated, tomorrow, coffee and football with uh, Bobby Burton and Blake and Jerry. And so more Texas Longhorn football talk for you there. We didn't even get to some basketball news. You probably even have breaking basketball recruiting yeah, news, Jerry. You know, a um, couple weeks. A couple weeks couple out. weeks we'll have some yeah, news for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. well, let's say goodnight here. Rod needs to get out of here. I can see he's glaring outside. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, we're good, buddy. Hey, thank you, everybody. We'll, we'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody, for the chats, and uh, we'll see you next time. Welcome.